Welcome, welcome, welcome to a wonderful episode of The Gospel According to Stu, but I'm Johnny Waters, and uh, this is my podcast. Uh, I know I'm uh, late on this one a little bit. I was trying to do two a week, but uh, I fucked up. Um, I do have more emails for you, so don't you worry, and uh, let's get some business out of the way on the front. Uh, if you want to email me, you certainly can at accordingtostupid at gmail.com. Uh, and or also, if you want to find me on the Twitter sphere, you can find me at at Accord to Stupid uh, on Twitter. And you can find that on the um, the description below this video or in this video whenever you happen to find it. Um, okay, our JW person um, gave us a lovely article to read uh, last time, which I I read aloud to you all and uh, answered to into this, uh, this podcast. Uh she has sent a couple of things back. Um, this, this is going to be much shorter, and then we'll actually get to some chapters of the Bible again. Um, so about four or five days later, um, they, uh, they sent me this. Uh, it's much shorter. All humans have inherited imperfection and death from Adam and Eve. However, we still have the right to use the gift of free will. We can see that, by the way, God treated the nation of Israel. Jehovah gave them the choice to become his special property or not. Exodus 19, 3-6 The nation chose to become God's people and accepted the limits of God set. They said all that Jehovah has spoken we are willing to do. Exodus 19, 8 Which doesn't quite go well, does it? Sadly, the people later choose to break the promise to Jehovah. We can learn an important lesson from that example. Let us always treasure our gift of free will and continue to stick close to Jehovah and obey his laws. Uh, which, you know, on the whole, not bad. Um, I really wish this person would just keep it all to one email, but they keep changing the subject line. So, neat. Um, so I responded, hey, so the point is to choose God, right? Despite the imperfection bit and death, to still choose him. And you're not wrong that things are going smoothly when everyone hopped onto the wagon. Special property, you say. Maybe this is the wrong century, but I'm not a fan of being anyone's property, let alone God's. But I can understand the meaning, in that God would protect his special property, right? But different generations change the status quo. The promises of the fathers aren't necessarily the promises of the sons, and vice versa, right? And seems to me, with all the transitioning that would be happening, that God isn't really good with the whole process of talking to the next generation so much. It seems, through several books, that the kids tend to mess things up where the father does good, and then the cycle continues after a spell. I do wonder if getting free will, and there is some speculation it seems on when exactly it happened because it changes the narrative a little, could God not just take away the knowledge of good and evil, or even free will for that matter? But he wants to be chosen by his special property. There's a good feeling in that, I suppose, your children choosing you. But why not just force all of them to become zealots? Why the choice, do you suppose? Because there is some punishment in the many if they all fall into a sort of apathy or seem to forget so long as they stay in the big group. But if they leave, the individual seems to be sent on their merry way. Why do you think that is? Is God more concerned with the bigger picture? Does he have time for the individual? Because the article you sent me seems that he's either really picky and choosy with his, what, four prophets-ish? Then sweeping proclamations and years of ignoring his own people, or letting them make that mistake constantly and almost consistently. 
There is huge swaths of time between these prophets, too. And to that, I think, there are some passages about strangers entering the lands of the Israelites and others and know that they are to be treated well and sent on their way and not pressured into converting. Let them know and let them go. It seems to be the way of things. Was the article to be like, if you're a prophet, great. If not, don't worry about it. You got free will. Congrats. Doesn't really answer its own question on the omnipotence of the Almighty. Maybe he's a good actor. He can clearly change his mind with Abraham and Isaac. I'm still wondering about all this, and I enjoy our talks. John. Now, uh, they changed the title of this one uh, in the email to Individual Love. And this one uh, just came to us yesterday, in fact. Uh, John, you saw from my last email below uh, how uh, Jehovah loved his chosen people, the Jewish nation, and you wondered if he loved us as individuals. Isaiah 40, 26, oh God, it's going to be a long read, says, Lift up your eyes to heaven and see who has created these things. It is the one who brings out their army by number. He calls them all by name, because of his vast dynamic energy and his awe-inspiring power. Not one of them is missing. No one has been able to count all the stars in the universe, have you? Scientists believe, scientist, scientists believe uh, that there may be as many as 40 billion, 400 billion stars in our galaxy. Still, Jehovah gives each star a name. What does that teach you about Jehovah? He has a lot of time on his hands, personally. If he takes a personal interest in lifeless stars, imagine how he must feel about you. How much does he love us individually? Notice Matthew 10.30. But even the hairs on your head are numbered by him. Does Jehovah care about our problems? Psalm 37.18. Jehovah is aware of what the blameless go through, and their inheritance will last forever. Jehovah dealt individually and personally with Noah, Moses, David, Jonah, and so many more. More reasoning to come. I like that sign-off. I really did. Um, my thought... Where was it? I don't think I expressed it in the email to come. Um, just because this lifeless stars have a name, I think he has more investment in them uh, than he does on the number of hairs on my head. He might know it, which, good for him. But it's more of a trivial pursuit sort of a deal. But until I actually know that number, I, uh, it'll be a nice parlor trick to me. So I responded, Hey, all right, now we're getting somewhere. And good to see that someone in the Old Testament is seeing a better side of God than what I've been seeing thus far. Good quote by Isaiah. Shut me up. I'm excited to get, him, get to him in a little while. I would hope that this omnipotent being has a name for everything and knows all and all that. I haven't started counting the stars, but that is my own laziness, and honestly, there's no prize at the end of that particular venture. Between Isaiah, Matthew, and Psalms, it seems he either becomes nicer or his chosen people stop faltering through the generations. I mean, I'm a fan of my own creations, but I can, I can bridge the gap between this being loving his multitudinous creations. I can, I can see that. If, if you're asking me to buy it, I can buy it. The Psalm quote, I think, I'm missing in that I'm not sure if it means those that get away blameless will get their comeuppance, or that good deeds do get rewarded, maybe both. I'll agree he did, but why not talk to everyone? Why have a mouthpiece? Better storytelling? Add to the idea that the followers have to have faith, and that whomever speaks through our prophets, uh, our prophets or connected people or priests should be followed in that way because of, what, a calling? Why these chosen few? 
some of whom were righteous, I suppose, or at least not against God. But why them? Uh, and but why them? And why not all? Would it not be simpler to just have a sweeping le- declaration and not have to hide in the tabernacle of God to speak to these men? Noah seemed to be the one who got the big broadcast potential, but even he had to convince his family somehow to build a big boat. Is faith such a big deal in the whole free will thing that he has to find random persons to spread the word and deeds and make deeds of their own people to get them to go, yeah, God, I get it, I do. But if your goal is worldwide worship, why not just come right out with it? Part the clouds, say hello, get some folk to put it on YouTube, and the next thing you see is a hard and fast conversion rate. But then what happens to those populations who are completely cut off from Christianity, the internet, all that? Go back further to those who worship the Egyptian gods and Greek gods. Were they not as real as this one? Perhaps less loving in some senses of the word, but belief and faith in them was just as strong, I'd wager. And what if they are completely ignorant of of it? Do they go to heaven and get God's love, which he presumably has? Or do they get the hard trap door? Or do they get their own heaven? Or go to nothing at all? Jonah I haven't gotten to yet, but I hear it's a whale of a tale. I like your sign-off, John. So that was uh, the email for uh, this particular week before we get into um, these parts of the Bibble. Um, yeah, I'm liking that I'm hopping back into this. Okay, guys, so we're in Kings, uh, the first Kings, chapter 17. So we're coming slowly but surely to the end of it. Um... At least of this particular book, Ugh. and um, and I, I I dig it. I I dig it quite a bit. Um, Solomon, from what I understand, is is dead. Um, his son has taken over, but there's like three sons that are trying to take over the throne, and all three of them kind of fucking suck. Um, and things aren't going terribly well again with this. Um, so let's see what happens. Uh, we're on chapter 17, and if you'd like to follow along, I'm reading the KingJamesBibleOnline.org, and um, I'd be more than happy to uh, keep on reading with this. All right, chapter 17. Everybody ready? And Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Cool. Uh, pretty fucking metal. All right. Um, okay, so we got a dude who's being like, I will tell you when it's going to fucking rain. And God said, yeah, you are. Uh, go over there to the river. Drink, and the ravens are going to feed you. But he went and did according, uh, so he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Oh, fuck, this could be really bad. Hey, all right, you know, if I can walk, all right, fuck you. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Oh, fuck you. No, I didn't say that, sadly. Arise, get thee to Zerpath, which belongs to Zidion, Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Huh, damn. 
Boy, you just start making wide proclamations and God starts helping you out. All right, widow woman. Oh, shit. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Uh, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Can do. And as she was going to fetch... Oh, she was... Hey, you, widow woman, get me some water. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. He's being more commanding. Uh, she, she's not really like, I have been sent by God. But, well, <laughs> so he commanded some random widow, which I hope is the right one. Which, how do you know it's a widow? Is she wearing something? Wearing black, I assume? Um, bread in the hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. <laughs> but an handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, and I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Oh, well, okay. Apparently, uh, what? Handful of meal in a barrel, little oil, some sticks. So, you know, we don't have bread. Whatever meal is. Like, I'm assuming it's some sort of, maybe flour. And Elisha said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Fuck you! And bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I told you, man, I have not cake, and you want me to fucking make you something? I and my son want to die. <laughs> Get out of my way. Uh, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Okay. All right. And she went... Okay, so, hey, we're not going to kill you today. Uh, oh, I hope. Uh, so, uh, unless it rains, it'll fail, I guess. Which I don't know why we're going through this. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, for, you know, reasons being meh. And she and he and her house did eat many days. Uh, well, he said make a cake, not like make, you know, a bunch. Whatever. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. I'm assuming failing, meaning they ran out or went bad. So it, you know, it just continued, let make cake, I'm going to make more cake, fuck yeah, making cake, yep, yep. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. Oh no. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. Pneumonia, I believe, or corona. Um, and he, and she said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? I don't know what her sin is. Is it just a sin to just to be a widow? Which it kind of sounds like, because that's all we have to go on at this point. What is her sin, I wonder? That uh, she had a kid. The dad is dead or gone at the very, very least. So it's this woman raising some son on her own. So maybe she's like, oh, God is punishing me because my husband died and he's out of the way and I have to make my own sort of way. What if I just fucking died? Which, in this day and age, probably it's not a bad recourse. But apparently you can make some damn fine cake. 
and he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom, and carried him up to, into the loft where he abode, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord, and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow, with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? Thanks, Elijah, for actually bringing this stuff up. And he stretched himself upon the child three times, and cried unto the Lord, and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. So far, Elijah seems like a pretty okay guy. And the Lord heard his voice, heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Aha. So this is to prove the whole, like, uh, I'll, you know. But why do you have to go upstairs to do this? I wonder. Couldn't he have done it in any other bed? Just been like, I'm going to be here. And then you, the, our widow lady could see the glory and wonder of it, and as opposed to be like, and here's your kid, as opposed to, like, finding one that maybe, maybe, and this is just to be the magic trick, being like, ha it's your son. He doesn't have all those birthmarks that he, he has. It's your son. He's the, God wanted him to have those. He just did thing, kill the other kid. Um, But assuming not all this happened, which is kind of cool, thanks, God, um, and Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Well, it'd be more truthful if it just happened in front of her, but, you know, it's, it's comparable, I suppose. Well, that was a short one. That was nice, right? Okay. Elijah seems like a good guy. I think I might title this chapter, Let Them Eat Cake. Um, ooh, we got a cool picture on this one. This one might be a pretty metal chapter. Um, First Kings, chapter 18. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year of what? Saying, Go shew thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. All right. And Elijah went to shew himself unto Abraham, Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. Hey, Ahab, holy shit. And Ahab called Abadiah, Obadiah, that's a good name, Obadiah, what's the Stark guy? Obadiah something from the first Iron Man. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. Oh, it's all in parentheses. For it was so, when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah took an hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. Thanks, buddy! And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all fountains of water, and unto all brooks, peradventure, we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all the beasts. Good thinking. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him, and fell on his face, and said, Art thou that my lord Elijah? Uh, probably. And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy lord. Behold, Elijah is here. Elijah's pretty cool. I'm digging this guy. And he said, What have I sinned? And thou wouldst deliver thy servant unto the hand of Ahab to slay me? What? Wait a fucking fucking fuck second. I'm assuming Elijah, behold Elijah, and he said, What have I sinned that thou wouldst deliver thy servant to the hand of Ahab to slay me? I don't understand that, nine. I don't. But okay, well, you're going to bring me to Ahab, so he's going to fucking kill me? I'm on you, Obadiah! 
Uh, as the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said, He is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation, and they found thee not. Ooh, that one's pretty cool. All right, First Kings uh, 18.10 is pretty rad. Because it basically is like, hey, as the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. Basically going like, hey, you're supposed to be a part of our team, right? And in all the kingdoms of all the world, they found thee not. Pretty cool. Dig it. And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. Elijah, man, what a badass. He eats cake and he tells people what the fuck the business is. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I thy servant fear the Lord from thy youth. Uh, well, um, man, Elijah's going to be real short-lived if that comes through. Was it not told, my lord, what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord? Uh, she did. How I hid an hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And now thou sayest, go tell thy lord, behold, Elijah is here and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, so Obadiah's like, what the fuck? And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, liveth before whom I stand, I will surely shew myself unto him today. He's like, Okay, that was kind of the plan. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Hi, how are you? And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, uh, Elijah, excuse me, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? I so far know. This is, I think this is the first chapter we have of Elijah. And uh, he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baalim. Ooh, Balaam, maybe is what it is. Now therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, Cool. And the prophets of Baal, four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves, four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people, and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word, going like, Who's this fucker? Uh, then Elijah said unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Then uh, let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it to pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under, and call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. Well, so far he's been answering with fire a lot. And all the people answered and said, it's well spoken. Like, yeah, right, fuck, let's give it a go. Literal faith, being like, okay, fire happened. Which, again, we could probably do a magic trick with this, but in this is, we're trying to be faithful in this and going like, we put what under this, we put a what under that, kablamo. Fire. Uh, 
And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, and ye, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us! But there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they leaped upon the altar which was made. He might have been in the shitter, we don't know. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth, and must be awaked. Holy shit, that was weirdly foreboding. Uh, so Elijah literally <laughs> just said what I said, and I'm not on the toilet, but it's, is he off? Is he off and about? Is he, I don't know, on a walk? <laughs> is he asleep? Uh, and they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets. Ew. Till the blood gushed out of them. Fucking metal, but a little over the top. And it came to pass, when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near me. And all the people came near unto him. Okay. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Oh, right, because that happened. I kind of remember that. Uh, and Elisha took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, under whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. Uh, well, so, I, I don't a bit, I guess. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. Ah, we're, we're getting a little cocky. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran about of the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And he was like, watch this shit. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. Sounds to me, the fire of the Lord fell. So it sounds like from the heaven, lit it up. Could it have been a catapult? Maybe, but I I really don't think, you know, <laughs> could have gotten away with being that fucking precise. Um, but maybe they could have. I don't fucking know. But still, let's assume it's all faith-worthy. And kabamo, Lord went, ha fire. I can do wonders for once. Uh... And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook, Kishon, and slew them there. Holy fuck. Yeah, they did. 
So, okay, look at that Sapphire. All right, now everyone went like, we better kill these motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> and turned the brook Christian red. Kishin, I guess. And Elisha said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And so, so far, Elijah's been the most like, look at this, I'm a fucking prophet. I'm fucking awesome. Ha, 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 Fuck you. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to his top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Wow. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. <laughs> Which might be a really good thing to be like, Oh, shit, I got my timing wrong. Uh, do Come back, go back, go back, go back a couple times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. When did the Bible get metal? And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Have I been reading this wrong? Jezreel or Jezebel? I don't know. Jezreel. Whoops. And the hand of the Lord was on Elisha, and he girded up his loins, got to pull my fucking pants, and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. How slow of these horses. Huh. Well, that was, um, okay, man. Oh, so there is Jezebel. Okay, so Jezebel and Jezreel are, are two different things. Um, all right. Uh, so yeah, that was today is uh, today's bit. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's uh, chapters. Were pretty fucking rad. Um, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Please leave a review if you can, whether you liked this or hated it. And uh, I will see you again next week, or maybe later on. Who knows? I might start start doing these on the daily, like I promised that one time. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath either. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and you've been gospel to by the stupid.